Hello and welcome back to Next Gen. I'm your host, Andrew Pratt, and it's so good to have you guys back here today. And I had a pretty good response to the episode last week, so I thought I'd continue on with asking these tough questions to start with before we start to get into some other discussions regarding uh, pop culture and the church and modern society and the church. We've got a lot more conversations on all of those sort of things to come. So um, don't fear all those things are coming. But for now, I'd like to talk about this particular question. And that is, is God being left behind by society or by the church? So we're going to answer that a little bit indirectly today. But I hope that you guys stick with me as we uh, go through this, because I know that it has a lot of uh, impact on the current generation and also on the older generations as well as they start to work out how they can uh, be authentic and be real and and really be a part of our um, current generation's future. So I'm going to start off with a couple of ideas, but uh, I, if you feel like you want to respond to any part of today's podcast, uh, you can just leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts. Just leave a review and um, you can co- contact that way, or you can contact me at nextgenpodcast at gmail.com. That's N-X-T-G-E-N podcast at gmail.com. And I'll try and get back to you, and maybe we can start a really healthy conversation about this. Or you can go to my Facebook page, which is Andrew Pratt Online Ministries. That's Andrew Pratt Online Ministries. So... The Seventh-day Adventist Church and the wider Christian church have failed to maintain their place in the social and political conversations of today. Um, I believe this is because they have not put their words into practice. Um, instead, many Christians seem to prefer condemning the sinner um, rather than seeing the person and giving them care, love, peace, grace, hope that Jesus demands um, his followers provide for people. In fact, Jesus has provided that himself. I, I just got straight to the chase there. But... I've noticed this particular theme, particularly when I watch online conversation, um, and a little bit less so, but it does happen in person. Um, people are very quick to condemn another person, another person, particularly if they're from a legalistic mindset. Um, I, I'm not going to get into the reasons why, but I've noticed that, um, and and if you talk to my wife, we talk to a lot of other people. I see this theme where the moment something happens outside of an individual's um, perfect legalistic narrative, they condemn the sinner and they say they are not welcome here. And that is almost the direct or is the direct opposite of what Jesus called us to do. Um, The kingdom of heaven is open to all. It isn't a closed off uh, thing. It's not an exclusive thing. It's an inclusive thing. And... I've been doing a fair bit of reading this week, and I've been reading um, a book by Timothy Keller, wonderful author, if you go read him. Um, He's written a really challenging book a few years ago called Making Sense of God. And in this, he, when he formulates whether there is um, a place in society for the Christian church, and if it's an okay thing, or if it's even a a philosophically and morally good thing to follow Jesus, um, and to believe in God, he discusses... um, that the gospel accounts give us no description of the appearance of Jesus. Think about that. There is no single gospel account that gives us a description of the appearance of Jesus. Similarly, there is no physical description for how someone who will enter the kingdom of heaven will look. 
However, um, all of the Gospels focus on the character and actions of Jesus. All, all the Gospels, that's what they focus on. The character and actions of Jesus. If you look in the book of Luke, he says that there's so many other things that happen, I wouldn't be able to fit them in here. In fact, all of them make mention of the fact that if they wrote every single thing that Jesus did, there'd be no space for anything else in the, in, in the Bible. Uh, and further, Jesus um, Timothy Keller notes that Jesus is the one who exhibits truth and love, yet he continues to hang out with the immoral in society. Jesus continues to hang out those that are seen as immoral in the, his society at the time, despite despite what other people say. And I guess my big my big challenge I've been digging through this week, and I've been digging through it for a long time. But it shouldn't church, it shouldn't the whole church try to do the same, hang out with those that are immoral in society, and be there so that they are welcomed into not just church into the kingdom of heaven. And the Christian church, um, many believe, is, well, I, and I do believe, is meant to be a representative or a representation of Christ on earth today. We're meant to, as the, as the body of believers, as a, tot- as a totality, um, be a reflection of the character of Jesus to all today. And therefore, I believe that the Christian church should be in the very places that they don't currently want to be. Um, I, I found a lot of churches, whenever um, it's suggested to them, hey, let's go out and hang out at the bar and, and hang out with those people there. Or, hey, let's walk the streets and hang out with the homeless and, and chat to them. Or, hey, let's go um, to this community that's really low socioeconomic um, individuals and situations and hang out with them there and provide for them. I've noticed people are uncomfortable with that. They don't want to do it. They avoid it at all costs. And that, that to me, says that there is an incongruence in their um, words or and their action. Um, the, the God, the, the Jesus that we read about within the Gospels and within the entire New Testament hung out in those places. Um, I mean, he met with a prostitute um, as a Samaritan at the well well, and encouraged her to go off and, and live a better life, but didn't condemn her for her, her, her failings. So she knew her failings and she confessed them straight away. But what he did was he said, go out, share, and, and a whole village was converted. And... I've noticed that the Christian church currently don't want to grapple with the issues that many Christian and they don't want to grapple with the current social issues. Um, our current social issues include things like the LGBTQI movement, um, and we've got a whole heap of a whole range of other movements on on, on the spectrum. Um, whereas we, as a Christian church, we should be in those spaces every single time, whether we agree with it or do not agree with it. We should be there, loving on the people. Um, the, there's a saying that I, I love the sinner no matter what, but I don't like the sin, but I'm not going to condemn the, the sinner. And I'm not going to outwardly condemn the sin to them either because in many for many individuals that's condemning them because they are eaten up by it. Whereas I believe that I allow the Holy Spirit to work on that individual's heart and in that individual's life, so that ultimately they are changed and they are renewed and they become a new person. Um, 
and and we do believe that occurs if you have a if you read uh, through the book of John and you read through the book of Acts. We believe that that happens in John three when Jesus talks to Nicodemus. He says, "You must be born of both the Spirit and the water." There isn't no, there's no if or no but. Uh, but for some people, that does take some time and some growth and some learning and some journeying and some really difficult change. And we as a Christian church should be there discipling them, being there with them in that journey rather than condemning them and putting them in the too hard basket. I've seen it very recently where someone was put in the too hard basket and the church just said, goodbye, we don't want to deal with you because it's too hard for us to deal with you. And sure, there are situations where people are just are not welcome in church. Um, and those individuals are often people that are the ones doing the condemning. Um, but I think they themselves also have a place in church. So how do we deal with all of this? If Jesus, but my, my, then my question comes to if Jesus could deal with this and if Jesus could um, be a face of love to all people, whether they be the Pharisees or whether they be a prostitute, why can't we? What's stopping us from doing that? What is stopping us from doing that? And if I look at our past, and if I look at our now, we've got a lot of failures. We can't ameliorate that. We can't get rid of that. Um, But we can build a better future together, a future where I envision personally our churches will be bustling hubs for the community where all are welcome. I mean, right now I'm starting to step towards that. Uh, I, I have... We've got lots of different ministries that we're, we're now starting to focus towards one thing together rather than being fragmented. We're going to start focusing on one thing so that we can make that a place where the community feels welcome. Um, that will be a, a ministry with, with a school. And from there, we'll be able to branch out under the banner of this one ministry rather than, rather than being so fr- fragmented and so subpar in our ministry that we are just comfortable stumbling along. No more. We should not be comfortable stumbling along and then forgetting about the least of these. It is all well and good to um, know God and to know the theory of all the issues that we're grappling with, but we need to put it into practice. So how do we step towards putting loving everyone into practice and how do we deal with um quite often in your church maybe you've got individuals that are open about their condemnation of people they'll openly go up and tell someone or openly go to the pastor and say hey um, this person isn't welcome here i don't think they should be here so how do we actually practically put this loving all people into practice and it means that we might have to start taking scripture very seriously and by that i mean don't use it for your advantage actually have a read of it um, interpret it understand that we as a church have our own have our own issues we're going to be comfortable with that we're going to be comfortable with the issues of other people uh, we as a church believe in solar scripture so we need to start relying only on the scriptures for our instruction and for our beliefs and for our understanding. We as a church have a culture that has come from our past. Um, our, our legalistic culture in our church isn't something that you get just by reading the Bible. It's something that comes from our history. Um, a lot of our leaders came from a very legalistic Methodist background, and as much as they tried not to, they brought that into our church as well. Um, and 
that means that their focus on rules and regulation, particularly around things like the Sabbath, have affected the rest of our theology. And we've got to really be careful um, when we actually make our theology that we don't apply our previous and our prior knowledge onto that. So, but then, then how do we practically love people? But if we're going to breach modern society, we as members might need to be willing to change. It might mean that our churches are no longer traditional. Uh, in the early days of our Seventh-day Adventist church, their services weren't necessarily traditional by their standards. Uh, they were intellectuals, a lot of them. They are excited about a new movement. Our pioneers actually, fa- actually found new ways to worship. They were happy to worship no matter what. And we're going to realize that our how of worship to get this, our how of worship, so how we do our worship, whether it be through music or through sermon or through anything or even keeping the Sabbath, isn't as important as who we are worshipping. The why of worship isn't as important as who we are worshipping because who we, sorry, the how of worship is as important as who we are worshipping and why we are worshipping him. Because once we understand the person or that, that we are worshipping, or once we understand the being that we are worshipping, the supernatural being of God who we are worshipping, we understand the why we worship, and that informs our how and our what. And we've got to realize that we've got to start there. We, we can't just jump into it and, and define for ourselves as humans what's appropriate and what's not. We've got to have a relationship with God and work out from there. Because without a relationship with God, everything falls down. Our um, Adventist pioneers, they understood this. Um, and sure, they, they had a lot of failings, since we have a lot of failings today. But they understood this. And I think we've kind of forgotten the fact that if we're going to reach our community, we're going to have to change. We are going to have to be willing to be uncomfortable. So if we keep on moving through this idea and we take this idea even further, it might mean that our churches start to be a little bit messy. So what does this mess look like? I believe this mess looks like a community of people learning about each other and being comfortable with each other. It shouldn't be a, what would you call it? It shouldn't be a a conglomeration of people that are at each other's throats. We've got to build a community that loves God. And that doesn't mean that we don't do church with excellence because I want to do church with excellence every single time because we are representatives of Jesus Christ. And we are representing God to everyone else on earth. But we have to be able to be comfortable with change, with difference, with um, something new in our surfaces. Um, something we've never experienced before in our services. People worship in so many different ways. We've got to be comfortable with the different. And I, I, I guess I'm pretty lucky because when I look at my own family's experience, my great-great-grandfather, W.H. Pascoe, um, I have his diary, and he, um, he writes about all the different experience that he, experiences he had as a church pastor. And he he came uh, into the Adventist faith when he was a teenager after he found a challenge in the mud on a piece of newspaper saying, if you can prove that the seventh day is not the Sabbath and that Sunday is the right day, 
Um, there was a reward. It was a Jewish rabbi challenging people. And so what did he do? He went and he studied his Bible for around about two years. And he he couldn't find anything. And, and he all he could find was support for, for Saturday being the Sabbath, for, for Sabbath being an important part of the human experience. So he went from being a, a Methodist to being a... An Adventist, they found a Seventh-day Adventist church, and he became this Christian who was this Adventist guy who was really passionate about the Bible and really passionate about what it meant for individuals and really passionate about people's experiences of God. And he understood that at times you've got to be uncomfortable. You don't have to do things that you aren't comfortable with whether it be traveling between countries and experiencing something new or whether it be being in a community where things aren't the way that you necessarily like them, but at the very least there's a lot of people there who believe in God and there's a lot of people that are there for the same reason, to worship their Redeemer. So I guess my big point today is that we as a church and we as Adventists and we as Christians are moving towards a towards a bleak, a bleak future where society no longer respects us as a church unless we are willing to be uncomfortable, unless we are willing to be at the front of some social conversations that and, and, and some social issues that, that make us feel weird. And we have a bleak future unless we understand who we're worshipping before we define the how we worship. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. These discussions are something that really, really um, helped me um, in my own ministry because I've been writing a lot. I'm just trying to process through a lot of things and I love coming here and just talking for a, a little while every Monday. So with with that with that said, um, go and like my Facebook page, hit subscribe if you're on any podcasting app, and I can't wait to have you all back here next week, and I'm hoping to have a special guest on the podcast, fingers crossed, um, I just got to try and lock that in, but hopefully, if not, I'll be here again, uh, but if we, if we're going to, if we're going to reach modern society... We've got to be willing to change. I'll see you guys all in the next one. Thank you so much for listening.